It's time for Weekdays with Wilk. Your daily dose of sports and how it affects the state of Utah. Here's your host, Tanner Wilkinson. Welcome on in. What uh, what a game one for the Utah Jazz. Uh, I think that's going to be pretty much what we talk about uh, the majority of the day today. Donovan Mitchell dropping 45. Third time in his career already in 28 playoff games. He scored 45 or more. Fourth time in his career. He scored 40 in a playoff game, tying Carl Malone for most 40-point games in a playoffs or in a career playoff uh, playoff games in the franchise history. So, uh, congrats to Donovan and the entire team. Uh, it's not easy to win a game when you miss 20 plus shots in a row. I'm trying to remember what the final count. I want to say it was 21 missed shots in a row, uh, and the fact that you shot 18 percent in the first quarter. I think it's just a testament to the resiliency of this team. You don't have Mike Conley. Uh, the way Donovan came out in the second half, he had 13 points at halftime. He scored 32 second-half points. Just unbelievable performance by the entire team. Uh, Jazz Nation certainly proud last night. Uh, really, everyone did a little bit of everything for this team. I thought Royce O'Neal had a very underrated game last night. I thought Derek Favors was absolutely phenomenal off the bench, protecting the rim running the rim, uh, just bringing Derek back. This is why they did it for games like last night. Uh, and not that Rudy was Rudy was terrific. Rudy's defense was phenomenal all night long. Uh, I think people might have gotten lost in that for part of the game. But uh, I, I'm really, really impressed with the Jazz bench play. Niang hit a couple big shots. Jordan Clarkson struggled at first, found a rhythm late. And that was super, super key for this team. Uh, just really... Really loved uh, the performances overall. Bojan stepped up big late. Uh, you know, Joe Ingles didn't necessarily shoot the ball terrific, but I thought he played really good defense. Something that was pointed out on social media that I think is really important is Joe defending Kawhi Leonard and forcing him to make kind of a tougher pass, I think, was was a very underrated aspect of that game, making Kawhi throw a difficult pass to Marcus Morris that, uh, of course, Rudy Gobert ultimately got to. And the Jazz did this without Mike Conley. I think that's uh, might be what's most impressive to me about the win, outside of the fact that you missed twenty one shots and still found twenty one straight shots and still found a way to go get a win. Um, just really proud to be a Jazz fan. Uh, it was so fun to see the crowd at full capacity last night. Dwayne Wade's dancing on, getting excited on the sidelines. Just phenomenal atmosphere last night at Vivint Arena. Uh, not sure what to quite think though of this series going forward, and that's part of that's part of the NBA playoffs. You you don't ha until you actually win the championship, you do not have a lot of time to celebrate uh, a win, uh, even a win in a series uh, like the Memphis series was fun for a night, and then it was time to move on. Kind of what the Jazz have to do here. Uh, you had to get 45 points out of Donovan to get the win by three, and the Clippers didn't necessarily play that great, especially in the second half. Uh, Paul George did not have his best game. Kawhi Leonard did not have his best game. You expect uh, at least one of those two, most likely Kawhi, to, to have a really good bounce-back game. So uh, something something uh, to keep an eye on. By no means are the Jazz – do I think the Jazz are going to sweep this series – uh, getting Mike Conley back would, I think, give the Jazz a better chance of winning this thing in you know five games. Um, but without Mike Conley, 
I don't know that you can necessarily ask Donovan to go do that every single night. Uh, so the Jazz really, really need to get Mike Conley back. But uh, good contributions from everyone. I thought Quinn Snyder made phenomenal adjustments as the game move went on. Um, you know, and the clip give the Clippers some credit. Uh, they came to play. It was mentioned. I listened to the first half of the game on the radio driving home from Salt Lake. Had some stuff to do up there. Caught the entire second half on TV, which uh, was the right time to watch. But during during the first half, David Locke, uh, the voice of the Utah Jazz, mentioned something that I thought was really interesting about the Clippers and Ty Lue. I thought his comment on Ty might be the most underappreciated championship head coach in the history of the NBA, simply because his championship with the Lake, with the uh, Cavaliers, excuse me, and LeBron. Uh, and it's so interesting because, yeah, I don't think Ty Lue's even a top 15 coach in the NBA right now. But he's better, I think, than some people give him credit for. And I, I have given Ty Lue a lot of flack for a really, really long time. But I I really do think that uh, he's he's a better coach than people give him credit for and came with a good game plan ready. The in-game adjustments just weren't necessarily quite there for him last night. And part of that was just because the Clippers came out sluggish. I don't know if it was necessarily anything coaching-wise. Uh, and the fact that Don... They they got to find some way to slow down Donovan though, or uh, it it's just not going to go well. I thought some of the Jazz players played really underratedly on defense that normally don't. Guys like Niang and guys like Boyan Bogdanovich. I thought Boyan was really physical with Kawhi Leonard, the right amount of physicality, and I thought that was really really helpful for the Jazz, forcing turnovers, forcing other guys to take bad shots. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how the rest of the series plays out. Specifically, the Mike Conley story is mentioned. I think that's the uh, number one thing because a quick turnaround game two will be tomorrow night uh, in Salt Lake City again. That place uh, should be rocking. Uh, just such a fun, fun atmosphere to see all those fans there last night. It uh, special, special night. Uh, other NBA action from last night: Hawks knocked off or get, getting knocked off by the Sixers. Tie, that series tied one apiece. Now Philadelphia wins one eighteen one hundred two. Joel Embiid had to put up forty. This is what makes me realize maybe Philadelphia is not a contender or not the favorite to win the East, even though they've they had a terrific regular season. Embiid's on a bad knee, and you needed to get forty out of him uh, to beat an Atlanta team that is just so so. I mean, they rely so heavily on Joel Embiid. His success depends, you know, depicts Tobias Harris's success and and then bound down to Ben Simmons and then Seth Curry and so on. Uh, they're much better constructed than they were a year ago, but I still think Philadelphia is a piece or two away from actually being ready to win a championship. Uh, and that's no knock on Joel Embiid because he's been fantastic and kudos to him for playing through a, a, a knee injury. But I think... There's a really good opportunity uh, there for the Sixers this summer to maybe go get another piece, and if that means trading Ben Simmons for another guy that you know th- you think could take you to the next top, I think you need to do that if you're Daryl Morey. Uh, going to be interesting there. I think Philadelphia is still going to win this series. I don't see them necessarily getting past Brooklyn in in the second or in the conference finals. Uh, should the Nets? Uh, I shouldn't say should the Nets are likely most likely going to be heading to the conference finals. So that'll be something uh, that we definitely keep an eye on with the Sixers moving forward. I, again, I do think they win the series. It's a matter, though, of are they going to be able to get to the NBA finals? Even if it's Milwaukee who's struggling, I think the Bucks match up a lot better with the 76ers. Uh, congratulations to Denver center Nikola Jokic. He's the first center since Shaq to win the award since 2000. 
Uh, and he is the sixth international player, third European, first MVP in Denver, and he was drafted 41st overall in the draft. He is the lowest draft pick to ever win the MVP, which I thought was really cool. And, you know, I, I used to really dislike Jokic, and I, he's still not my favorite guy, but he doesn't really do anything to make you mad other than he's just so good and maybe his you know his body bothers you a little bit just you know you, you look at him and think that guy should not be good at basketball and he's amazing he's so so creative and fun to watch and quite frankly what he's done in Denver without Jamal Murray i think a lot of people have forgotten about that aspect of you know Jamal Murray tearing his ACL uh, has been phenomenal for the Nuggets. Uh, he's a great ambassador to the league. He's funny. He's very likable. Um, I think he's he's got a really good shot to be a, a two-time MVP if he continues. That's, I think he can get better, and I think that's a scary thing for the NBA and for the Western Conference. Uh, and so I think I think if, I've, I've said this before. I think if Denver has Jamal Murray, I think they're the favorites to win the Western Conference after they traded for Aaron Gordon. That really plugged a hole for them. Uh, because Michael Porter Jr.'s offense, been terrific offensively. Aaron Gordon was that guy they needed uh, really for both ends of the floor, and uh, he's been so great for, for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, looking ahead, I thought this was interesting from the Brooklyn series. Uh, we won't get the Nets playing again until tomorrow night, but uh, tonight we do have Suns Nuggets. But uh, with So really interesting uh, taunting going on in Brooklyn, which I was – I was unaware of this. I don't know if it's just the games have been so boring. I'm not paying close enough attention what the situation is. Uh, the Nets may have crossed the line in game one of their series. The Nets opted to put a running clock on the overhead scoreboard when Giannis Antetokounmpo was at the line. Uh, those of you that have been closely watching the NBA knows that Giannis takes a long time to shoot his free throws. There is a 10-second limit. You're given 10 seconds to shoot your free throws. It's a rule. Uh, not a lot of people know that because most guys take less, much less than 10 seconds to shoot their free throws. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting. Giannis has not shot the free throws, shot from the free throw line very well during the playoffs. He only shot 68% this season, and he led the league, shot 581 free throws. Uh, and Giannis missed some time with injuries too, so the guy gets fouled a lot. He's obviously such a physical player. Um, I thought that, that, was, that was a really uh interesting thing i don't see necessarily what i think the only problem with the taunting there is it, you get really specific with a player um that would be you know that would be my best guess is is that it's you're targeting a specific player in Giannis. you're not doing that with you know chris middleton or drew holiday or any of those guys i think that's where people take the issue and where uh where you know, maybe people have a problem with it. I really don't. Otherwise, I think it's it's part of the game. It's part of, you know, in a way, gamesmanship and and whatnot. So uh, that'll be that'll be really interesting to see how that goes back in Milwaukee. I'm actually really high on Milwaukee figuring a few things out. Uh, I don't think they're going to win the series by any means. I think Brooklyn's clearly coming out of the East at this point, but I think Milwaukee can at least make some things interesting and, and extend the series. Uh, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Not really a ton in the news today. This is a much shorter uh, podcast than yesterday's show. Um, let's get to tonight's game between the Nuggets and the Suns. It's the only game on 7.30 Mountain Time, going to be on TNT. 
Uh, I'm going to go with the Suns again tonight. I thought they just looked really comfortable. I think Denver you know, was able to get away in the Portland series against going against great guards and Lillard and McCollum because they dominated so much up front. I don't think that's the case against this Phoenix team because DeAndre Ayton was really fantastic. Uh, I really, really was impressed with just the overall play of the Phoenix Suns. So we'll see how that goes between the Suns and the Nuggets tonight, but I am going to take Phoenix uh, for now. We'll see how if really anything changes tonight and going back uh, over to uh, Mile High City in Denver, Colorado. So that's going to do it for Weekdays with Wilk. Appreciate you tuning in. Happy the Jazz won last night. Uh, hopefully get a good Nuggets-Suns game tonight. And then uh, we'll talk more Jazz tomorrow. We'll talk Nets and Bucks. I'll give you my opinions on who I think wins those games tomorrow. Uh, those uh, Every game critical at this stage in the NBA playoffs. Uh, when is an NBA playoff game not critical? So that's going to do it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. You can always sh- tune in on Spotify. You can tune in on Apple Music and iTunes and uh, the Anchor app. We want to thank them for hosting this show. If you like the program, I invite you to share it. Uh, I don't want to be one of those YouTube guys that says share, like, share, and subscribe. But uh, we're we're really I'm really appreciate uh, all the listeners we can get, and uh, we want to get this thing really moving. So appreciate you all. Have a great day, and remember to love one another.